This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you today and that we get to spend some time with Mickey Gardner. I think you're going to really like her. We are going to be talking about how to co-parent in a calmer way. And Mickey is really dedicating to helping moms co-parent confidently and well. And she is going to be the first to acknowledge that we're never going to agree 100% of the time, which I just love that part of our conversation. But you can totally co-parent calmly. So you can be calm, appear calm to your kids, even when you're not agreeing, whether you're married, divorced, separated, or a lot of times I also hear this story lately of working with grandparents or even nannies to co-parent your kids all together, right? So whether you're deciding to leave a marriage, you've already left, or you're in one happily, there's a lot in this conversation for you, and I'm super excited to dive into all of it with Mickey. So before we do that, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Mickey in one second, like more officially, who it is that you're meeting. And before I do that, I have a couple of announcements. So number one, coming up in a few weeks... On February, I'm like scrolling in my calendar right now to see exactly what it is. On February 21st, we're going to host a workshop on following through. And we're doing it right smack in the dab in the middle of a week on the 21st, which is a Wednesday, right in the middle of the day at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So I guess that's 11 a.m. Eastern time for my Pacific coast and everybody else is going to need to do their math. But it's very specifically at that time for a reason. So we'll be a few weeks into our year. We are a few weeks into our year and we'll be a few more weeks on the 21st. And we're going to be in the middle of the week. And Often, I think this is referred to as hump day by some people. And so I wanted to take this moment when many of us might feel like, oh, I'm just going to give up on like what I was going to get done for work, what I was doing around the house, what I'm eating, all the different things, and really look at how we can keep our promises to ourselves. So that is coming up on the 21st of February. So save the date and I will tell you more explicitly how to join us in coming weeks. Okay. For right now, save that date and time. Again, it's the 21st at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So figure out which time that is for you. 
All right. My second announcement is that I got to go into this. I know we come out with a weekly podcast, which is so fun. I'm so grateful, by the way, that I just have this amazing team that supports exactly what we need and what I need. And that in the month of January, when I was really needing quiet, as I often do, I just felt so supported. And I know that a lot of times you all feel like we're still appearing. So we've still had a podcast every month, but I will tell you that I have gone into somewhat of a little, like January is just a really big resting creative month for me. I feel like I read more in January than I do in other months. I take more baths in January than I do in other months. And I just really need that restoration time. I also have been decluttering a lot and getting a lot of like decluttering our home, but also decluttering just the back end of business and like cleaning out folders. It's just been so good. It's been really, really restorative. And so at this time of year, I'm always like, oh, like, you know, what's next? What's next? Which is why we're doing that workshop on the 21st. But that was not the point of my story. The point of my story was we also welcomed in an awesome group into Flow 365 for the year. I'm so so excited and pumped at the end of January. We all set goals. There's a lot of people in Flow365 who come back year after year, and then there's always a new group of students. And this year, a lot of the new group of students are entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, but like not new to living life, if that makes any sense. So If you're actually listening to this show and you're in your 20s or 30s, (laughs) then you can still listen in and, you know, reap the benefits for sure. But in general, in Flow365, we attract women who are in their 40s, may have kids, may not, but mostly have kids. And a lot of the times the kids are older. So it's like you're not resonating with like, it's not about those early, really physical years. It's getting more mental? Is that the right way to say it? It's like more in our heads. It's a lot of thought work, a lot of soul work at that point. And we're dealing with whatever's going on in our bodies at that point, which, you know, shifts. It really does start to shift and we need to care for ourselves in a different way. And it also tends to be a time when women really want to come into their purpose and their passions and all the things that really matter to them. So I notice that there's a lot of people who either come out of being home with kids, which is a very honored job, or are coming out of a more corporate job or trying to stay in their corporate job, but just in a more meaningful way. That's definitely a scenario that happens as women step into their purpose or have, a, you know, have always been dabbling in entrepreneurship, but it's like clear that it's time to really I don't want to say make the mark because it's usually not about the women. It's usually about the impact that they're wanting to have in their community, in the world with one person, however it is that they're thinking. And it's just a really unique time because it's, I find that the people who show up in flow are just filled with so much wisdom and it's time to put it out into the world. So we happen to have this collection of amazing humans in flow right now who are starting and amping up their businesses in this beautiful way. And it just got me thinking that if there's anyone else listening who either didn't know about our program or didn't realize that they could start in our business, in our program, that 
we could be really focused on creating, crafting this specific goal. And so if anyone listening fits into that category and wants to learn more, we're going to start this like mini, it's not like a mini cohort, but we're just going to start some specific sessions around this coming up in late February and March. And so what tends to happen is it's like, there's women, I know there's someone listening who's like, who am I? Who am I to start a business right now? What do I know about this? Like, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s, like, or it's not even a business, it's like a project. Like, I've been wanting to write this book, or I've been wanting to, right now, is about to create a children's book. We have people starting energy healing businesses, we have people starting decluttering businesses. There's just so much excitement at the start of something, but none of the women are at like the beginning of life, if that makes sense. (laughs) So, if that's you, you totally get what I'm saying. And So if you're wanting to step into that right now, and now you've had this moment to land in 2024, and you're like, okay, shoot, did I miss it? The answer is no. What I would love you to do is send us an email. You're going to send it to support at plansimple.com. And in the subject line, you're going to put flow 365. And you're just basically raising your hand and saying, I'm interested. And then I'm going to get forwarded those emails. If I give you my email, they just get lost in my inbox. So I'm going to get forwarded those emails and I'm going to personally reach back out to you and we're going to be in conversation and we're going to see if this is a good fit. So officially, Flow365 is not open for enrollment right now. In fact, a lot of January was me getting all organized and getting to know everybody. And that's a really important part of the process. But because this very specific group really is coming together, And I just have this feeling there's a few more people who have this goal and could really use the support and camaraderie and guidance to launch yourself in this way into the world. And I would love to help you if that feels right. And the reason to do it with flow, like with the way that we're doing it, is because often one of the biggest obstacles around someone starting something later in life is that in the second half of life, I don't want to say later in life, that makes us sound old. I'm like, I'm not even 50 yet. (laughs) The thing about that is it's like, we already know that we don't want to like sacrifice our health. We don't want to sacrifice our relationship. We don't want to sacrifice our relationship with our kids, even if they're out of the house. Like there's a quality that we don't want to let go of. And so we're thinking of all of those things at once. We're really thinking of time holistically. And so if this is resonating with you, then just send us an email. Okay. Support at plansimple.com. So I don't usually have PSAs like that at the beginning of episodes, but that was my PSA for this week. Maybe this is the new way we're doing things in 2024. All right. Back to our subject of today, which can, if you notice that there's a theme going on right now, I'm totally writing the theme of February (laughs) in an open and different way. So we have had an episode about relationships. This one is a bit more about co-parenting and there's Mickey has an amazing story about deciding to leave her marriage. And I'm hoping it's super inspirational. And next week there'll be more about sort of parenting and Also, like being in relationship with the self, I'm going to share behind the scenes of what's happening in my marriage (laughs) and also what I'm thinking about self. And so we're going to follow this theme. It's Valentine's Day. And so we're going to follow this theme a little bit. And I'm pretty excited to do. I don't always do this. And it's kind of fun to have like a bank of around one topic, like go in at a lot of different angles. So that's sort of what's happening here. In case that wasn't clear. So Mickey Gardner is 
you're just going to love her energy. She's great. And I talk a lot, actually, I'm going to say one more thing. (laughs) I talk a lot about the difference between sharing from a place of something being a wound or a scar. And I never share anything with you all that's like an open wound because that wouldn't be responsible of me. I do a lot of processing and healing and all the things, and it just wouldn't be responsible if I was healing something that I didn't know how to deal with. Like I'm open and vulnerable, but I give myself time to process anything. So I'm not like lopping stuff on you. And I'm pretty open when I share. And it's funny, I'm learning better and better how to communicate that like, I'm actually really okay. (laughs) So coming up, I'm going to share a lot about my little health kerfuffle. Is that a word? Uh, My little health thing that happened in, it wasn't little, in January and what happened to my husband. We had like an awful health month. But from right now, I can look back and see all the lessons and have compassion for myself, for our family, for all the things. And so I'm always sharing from that space. And I'm telling you all this because Mickey has an amazing story. And I think it's really clear just how empowered she is and was in a rough situation. And she's really open about it. And so I hope that this is really helpful to any of you who are in a rough patch in your relationship. I think it'll be powerful even if you're not, by the way, because there's so many tools that I'm taking with me and I don't feel like I'm in a rough patch right now. So many good tools. But if you are feeling like you're in a rough patch or you're not sure what's going on or you're not sure you can make it through, this one is really, really going to help you. So Mickey is a certified life and conscious parenting coach. And a lot of her work is driven by her own struggles in overcoming a divorce. And so now Mickey helps moms move past all the drama that comes with divorce and all the conflict and really become calm, confident co-parents, even if they don't get the buy-in of their ex so or any participation from their ex. So you're going to hear about all of this today. So with no further ado, let's get Mickey on the show. You ready? Hey, Mickey, welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Hi, Mia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited for this today. Well, I'm excited because, yeah, we actually have not talked about this topic so much lately on the podcast. So I'm really excited to dive in. So before we get into parenting, will you just tell us your story? Like, I'm sure that you got to this maybe on a personal journey. So will you take us back and just explain to us how you got here? Yeah, we all do come to it, you know, by our own path in life. But yeah, so I was in my past life, as I call it, I was an event planner. I was married. I had one son. My ex-husband is an entrepreneur. I'm sorry, a restaurateur. I was an entrepreneur. I checked every box for what was supposed to be a really happy life. We had the house, we had the businesses, we had the kid, all the things. And, you know, in what felt like an instant, looking back, there were signs, but In what felt like an instant, one night, everything that I believed about my life and marriage was not true. And it was a very hard landing, more of a crash than anything. And that took me onto a journey of trying to fix my marriage, change what was going on, a number of things we tried for about six or seven months. And finally, at the end of it, I came to a place where we were having the same argument over and over and over again. And nothing was shifting, nothing was changing, regardless of how I acted, how I tried to control everything, I tried to manipulate, I tried to be really nice, I tried like all the things, we tried therapy, everything. But one night, we went from zero to 60 on the fight scale in what felt like a moment. 
And I remember I was at a holiday party for my work. I was driving home. I pulled over. It was the middle of the night on the side of the freeway, sobbing. And I heard a voice say, is this who you want your son to see? And my answer was no. Mm. I mean, in my bones, I knew this isn't the what I want him to look at as a mother, as a woman, as a wife, as anything. I was not showing up in the way that I wanted to. And so that night I made a promise to myself to change things. So I woke up the next morning, made a cup of coffee or a pot of coffee, sat my then husband down and said, let's call it while we still have some warm fuzzies for one another because we were trying. And so I didn't know anybody who was divorced. I didn't have a friend that was divorced. No one in my family was divorced. Like I was on an island, I felt like. And I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I really believed that there was a way to do it other than what I saw, you know, in the media or these awful examples of divorce and all of these things. And so I just made a commitment to figure out how to still be a family in two houses. I make it sound like it was this very easy decision that we came to. It was a really, really rough road. And I took two to three years of just trial and error and mistake after avoidable mistake. Because again, not knowing anyone, I really sort of went into this with a lot of shame and a lot of aloneness and made a lot of mistakes from that place. And so as I learned how to navigate the journey, as I learned the tools that I needed, and we actually started to co-parent in a way that was really beneficial for all of us. That's when I really decided that this is what I'm going to commit to in my life is to support other women so that they don't have to feel the loneliness that I felt and the alienation and to really have a support system as they move through this because divorce does not have to be an end. You know, it is, it can be a new beginning and it really starts with your intention. And so that's where I am now. I really believe that every mom has the power to create a beautiful, harmonious environment for her children, regardless of what the other parent is doing. And so that's where I focus all my energy. I love that. Okay. So two little questions because inquiring Mm -hmm. minds are wondering. So how old was your son when this all happened? He was three. Okay. He was a little. Yeah. Yeah. He's 13 now. Oh my God. That's amazing. And do you feel like it was true that even though it was really hard for three years that you became yourself? really quickly after making that? Like, do you feel like you were a better model even in those three years of like figuring out all this? Does that feel true to you? What a beautiful question. I think I had glimpses. Yeah. I will say that I spent, and this is the part that I think is really avoidable and why I want so much for moms and women to know that there's help out there. Because 10 years ago, there really wasn't as much as there is now. Resources, conversations, communities going on. And because I sort of secluded myself the way that I did and just hunkered down to figure it out myself, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. And I don't know that I was the best example for my son in those years. I was consumed with anxiety and depression, which was really, really hard. And I now am still seeing sort of the ramifications of that or the manifestations of that, which is part of the work to not beat myself up for what I didn't know. I was doing the best that I could, like we all are. But there were glimpses. And I think that's when we know truth, right? When we start to feel calmer, when we start to feel more at home within ourselves, it might be the hard decision, 
but you know that it's ultimately the decision that's right for you because of how you're feeling in your body. Okay. So then it's been 10 years. So will you give Mm -hmm. us the other side of the story? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, I will. Just last week, I had a really, a moment that was really special. So I just recently wrote a book. It came out last week. So exciting. It's so exciting. And I had a book launch party and my ex-husband and his wife, and they brought my son and then his half-brother, his half-brother is three, and my son Leland is 13. They all came together to the event in support of me. Mm. And they were there, you know, we do holidays together, but having them there in this setting where it was really about sort of me coaching around divorce, which is like all the baggage from, you know, our past life. And they were there and each of them sent me a note afterwards saying how happy they are, how proud and how glad they were to support me during this. And that was a really beautiful moment for me to stop and reflect on, even though it's been hard, even though it's been messy, we can get to the point where we really can be sharing this life and this parenting journey together. And a friend of mine was there. He was actually the best man at our wedding. And he put his arm around me because he has a co-parenting partner. They still, it's been 18 years, they still are arguing, right? Right. Because that's just the nature of what's going on. And he said, you know, this is a moment watching you guys all here that gives me hope that there is a different direction. And there truly is. Even when it's contentious, even when it's difficult, I really believe that there's hope because when we moms decide to shift and we decide to move in a direction that is loving and aligned and built on calm and ease and confidence, there's a ripple effect to that. And everybody else just can't help but sort of move towards it. So I really think, you know, as much as it is, you know, we'd love for other people to make life easy for us. It's important for us to do the work to protect our well-being, to cultivate our own calmness, and to reclaim the freedom that we are really after. Because again, that's the energy. When we show up from that energy, that's the beautiful energy that's going to shift your family. Yeah, I love that. I had a follow-up question that had more to do with that, but now I kind of want to follow this like path for a minute because that's what we're all about here mm-hmm. is that taking the space to find the calm mm-hmm. and the like the peace within ourselves. And, you know, I feel like probably everything we're going to talk about from here on forward would work, whether you're deciding to leave a marriage, you've already left a marriage, you're in a marriage because no marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, like we all have to come to agreements (laughs) at all time, whether you're in a marriage or not. And just like it's like in life, right? Like with coworkers, like it just feels like we're always in relationship with other people. And Mm -hmm. so often it feels easier to blame Mm-hmm. others for our, you know, not feeling great. So can we just like go down that thread a little bit of just because I actually am admittedly going to admit that I have not read the book yet. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> but I'm thinking that you are covering a lot of this in the book. Mm-hmm. So like, what are some of those things that we can take responsibility for in your mind to find that cal- like to take responsibility, I guess, for our emotions and for our calmness and for how we're showing up, whether mm-hmm. that is you know, what's being reflected around us or not. And I feel like, wow, there's just a lot of, this feels very pertinent to right now, just like with what's happening in our world. A hundred percent. I think, and to that point, what we're seeing, I think more and more and more is that people are living in a state of reactivity. And 
in my mind, we have to stop this autopilot just reacting to everything that comes at us. It's like living in a pinball machine is how I describe it, right? You get shot out and then there's all the lights and the flashy spinny things and paddles coming at you. And then you get dropped into a dark hole and spit out to do it again at random. You know, and that's kind of what life feels like for us right now. And as long as we are in that reactive pattern, we are not in control of our experience. And so what I sort of teach and the work is all around is learning how to take 100% responsibility. I define responsibility as the ability to respond. So that's where we have to really stop and become. Oh, I, love that. I want everyone to yeah. wait, stop, pause. pause. <laughs> I want everyone to hear that. <laughs> responsibility is the so ability. So responsibility is defined as your ability to respond to life. I love that. Yeah. Because the triggers are going to happen. The people are going to come at us. The rude person in the grocery store, the unexpected bill, the ex or, you know, betrayal, all the things, they're coming at you. And it's really our job to learn how to take responsibility and decide instead of just reacting, how am I going to respond and move forward in a way that is aligned for me? So I teach a three-step framework. It's what's in the book. It's what I teach. But I define it's learning how to be conscious is basically what it is, but learning how to take responsibility. It's awareness, agency, and aligned action. So awareness is the first one, right? We can't change anything that we're not aware of. Whenever we're triggered, we have to learn to, whenever we're having big emotions or sort of in that place where we feel really untethered, that's our moment when we have to pause, right? The pause button, and I know you teach this, it's like, just learning to pause and take a breath so that you have the ability to reassess and figure out what the heck is actually going on here, right? Is it all the things in my head or is what's actually happening? So that's the awareness piece is learning how to become more and more aware of what's actually happening. Which is really hard when you're in a situation where you feel like, you're being yelled at all the time, or you're not being seen, or like you're mm-hmm. never winning an argument, or mm-hmm. you know, all the things. Absolutely. I mean, I laugh all the time because my son, I'll do the weird breathing thing, as he calls it. And it's where I'm like closing my eyes and just sitting there and breathing in and out, focusing just on my breath. And he's like, Mom, you're doing the weird breathing thing. <laughs> I know because I'm trying not to scream at you right now. <laughs> like, or I'll stop in mid scream because I get triggered just like anybody else. Right. And I have to pause and realize, okay, I can react or I can respond. And my response is always going to get me in the direction I want to go versus the reaction is like less than 50 50. So once we're aware of what's actually happening, now we can step into the second step with his agency, which is simply a fancy word for choice. So we only ever get three. The universe made it super simple for us. We can accept something, we can change it, or we can leave it. So accepting something means, can I accept the situation exactly as it is and move forward without any anger or resentment? If you can do that, there's no conversation, right? Go do that. But oftentimes, to your point, we can't, right? Like when all the things are happening or we're finding ourselves- Can I ask you a question? Do you think that's something that you are aspiring to, that first one? Like is that something- yeah, to growing into being able to accept things that at some point you may not be have been able to or not necessarily. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I think yeah. there are moments of acceptance that we can learn through healing that yeah. make life a lot easier for us, which is yeah. the game. But there's also choices, right? Can I accept the fact that my son refuses to put the dishes in the dishwasher? 
or I can change it or I can leave it. But like starting to understand, because the one thing that I hear so often, and I'm sure we all know we do, it's I had no choice but to respond to him. I had no choice but to yell. I had no choice but to defend myself. That belief in and of itself is what is most dangerous to us because it's simply not true. You always have a choice. And so it's really deciding what are my choices? Acceptance. Can I change it? Not can I change the other person or can I change the situation? Because we can't. But can I do something to shift it? If you can, right, you can look at that. Or sometimes we have to leave, whether that's figuratively, literally, or energetically, right? And this comes up a lot with my clients, right? I call it like the nasty gram cycle when one parent will send a text of like, do you have the ballet slippers? The next one will send a response, how dare you? You are always blaming me for everything, blah, blah, blah. Then she says, well, oh my gosh, I didn't mean that. So I have to defend myself. Defense, right? And then attack. And then it's this cycle that goes back and forth, right? And they go from ballet slippers to you're the worst person in the entire world in like five minutes. Those are the times when we do have a choice, whether we engage, whether we don't engage, right? The nasty driver that cuts you off in traffic, you have a choice, right? On how you can move forward. So once we recognize the choices that we have, then we move to the third step, which is learning how to take aligned action. And this is really where the responsibility comes in because these are, you can choose to respond to what's happening in front of you. You can choose the direction that's going to get you closer to what it is you actually want versus just reacting to what you don't want. And so that's sort of the three steps really quickly that I sort of walk clients through. And it's not super sexy work. It's just work that we do over and over and over again. But it helps keep us going in a direction, again, that's going to create the life that you actually want, the one that you are enjoying living in, and that it brings more energy, brings more peace, brings more calm. Okay, we got to go back to the ballet slippers. Can we do that one? Can we do the aligned action around that one? Yeah, for so sure. Like, so let's like talk through the scenarios of being able to break that cycle like in that exact one because I'm sure like I feel like I've heard some version of that like mm-hmm. 15 times this week. Exactly, right? Clients like in my own kitchen like you know it's like that's an easy one to get into. It's like, you know, there's so much room for misunderstanding, especially when we're mm-hmm. texting these days. <laughs> it's like not even well, our voice, but even in our voice. You know, it's like Exactly. I think you just hit on something really important, which is one of the things that I work with clients on is really being mindful and clear and within boundaries of how you communicate. I believe that text is for anything that's, you know, sort of yes or no. You know, did Bobby eat a snack? Are you bringing dinner? Do you have the ballet slippers? Right? Anything outside of that should not be on text. Yeah. But somehow we are now solely communicating, especially in divorce situations. A lot of people get way too triggered in face to face or phone conversations. So they rely solely on email and text. The danger of this is that it is one sided, right? We think, oh, I can write the perfect response. I can really explain myself here, or I can keep myself really unemotional and out of it. But we have no control over how that is viewed, read, or perceived. 
Yeah. And so that's, we have to be like really aware of the danger, but in the ballet slippers, right? Like let's yeah, use well, that. I love simple. the other ones too, the food. Like I can see both sides. So I would love to go through it in both mm -hmm. sides. So one example is I send the text that's like, did you feed a snack or did you mm -hmm. wear the belt? You know, did you bring the ballet slippers? Mm -hmm. And in both cases, I can see how the other person would somehow take that personally of like, I always forget. I don't do this. So I would love to do it from both scenarios, both we're the first one asking that and then we get yeah. it back and we have to respond or it gets asked of us and it triggers something in us about our disorder or whatever. Yeah. So let's, let's go there. I love this. Yeah. So I think both are very similar in that as soon as you realize whatever, even if it's five minutes later, even if it's a day later, whenever it is, right? As soon as you realize that you got triggered or activated, whatever the word is for you, that you know, and oftentimes we know our body knows before we do right? Yeah. And so you might feel really, really hot. You might feel a lot of tension in your neck. I get a pit in my stomach, right? When we start to clue into what is my body trying to tell me, it will always send up the red flag of like, hey, right? Pay attention. So as soon as we realize that we're triggered or activated, that is the first moment where you have the opportunity to start to move through the process into response versus just continued reaction. Sometimes we're so activated, right? We might for a second realize it, but we just keep going. Yeah. And you know what? That's what happens sometimes. We're all human. But as soon as you do realize that you have been activated, the first step is to pause, to just hit the pause button and take three deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth three times. And until you feel your body at least relax a tiny bit. That's when you say to yourself, what are my choices here, right? Because your brain's going to be saying, you have to respond. You have to do this. How dare he, you know, accuse you of that? I, all the things. When really it's sitting back and saying, okay, this is happening. This is the reality. How do I want to move through this? Can I accept that he's or she is saying all these horrible things about me over ballet slippers? No, right? Nobody is going to accept that and be okay with it. Can I change it? You can't change it. Absolutely not. Like they're having their own experience on the other side of the phone. So leaving might be the only option. And what I mean by leaving is either leaving the conversation or leaving it energetically behind, right? Sometimes like we need, that. yeah, sometimes we can't walk out of the room. And with little kids or even especially littles, when you're parenting littles, leaving isn't an option, right? right? You can't often leave them. Yes, you can hide in the bathroom for a little bit, but you can't always leave the situation. But how can you either leave it figuratively or energetically, right? And find a place of calm because it's finding more and more solutions for you to be able to ground yourself. And so in that text stream, right, of when all the attacks are going on about the ballet slippers and you realize, okay, I'm activated. The only thing I can do is leave. You can absolutely say, I will not have this interaction over text. When you're ready to talk, let me know. Or mm -hmm. I will not listen to this. I'm leaving. And you just leave the conversation. You put it on do not disturb. You know, you pause silences and you leave it so that you can give yourself some space to process what's going on and decide how you want to move forward. Because as long as we continue to subject ourselves to it, right? It's like we try to willpower our way through it, but we're going to get triggered again. Yeah. So it really is all about learning how to heal 
and process what's going on, become aware of what's actually happening, give yourself what you do need. If you're feeling really misunderstood by this other person, like on the other side of it, right? If they start coming at you, asking yourself, what's really bothering me, right? What is it about what they're saying that I'm agreeing with? Because if you're triggered, you're agreeing with something they're saying. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Right. It's or you're resisting it. Yeah. The thing that I hear come up a lot, which was in some version of that was like, you know, I was being really nice and it Mm -hmm. was read as I did something wrong. Right. And so it's like in those moments, like, and I think as women, we do this a lot. Like we think that the calm and the pause is putting on a nice, you know, like we're kind of conditioned as to do this as like little girls. It's like, how are we just putting on that nice face and being nice and kind? And then at some point we get this fight. And so there becomes this like disconnect of like, how do I stand up for myself? Mm -hmm. Like, how am I being like a strong person? Like I want to be a model for my kids and like not creating more conflict. Like it's interesting, like the nuance there. (laughs) Yeah. So you just described people pleasing. Yeah. So people pleasing is when we are trying to keep everyone else happy so that we can feel okay. Right. The root cause of people pleasing is that we are not comfortable feeling the uncomfortable feelings or the unease that's happening in our body. So we try to control everyone around us. Right. People pleasing, right, is amazing because we're helpful, loving, accommodating, great people. Like everybody yeah. loves a people pleaser. And Pleasing others is part of being in relationship, right? You just, you want to. Yeah. However, the shadow side, which I think you started to say, we are conditioned to not have needs as women, Yes. not ruffle any feathers, don't bother anybody, just do what everybody needs, right? And so people pleasing has a shadow side when we're prioritizing other people at the expense of ourselves. Yeah. And- That's where we have to be really honest with ourselves. And this is where this work comes in is to say, okay, I was trying to be really nice, but why? Mm. Because it was what was true for me or because I was trying to get the other person to comply. Yeah. And like just reflecting on this myself. So I was just looking it up just to make sure I had the right word. But like, so on the Enneagram, I'm a helper. I'm a two. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you know anything about the Enneagram. So when I go, so when like, as a helper, like that's actually like how I very innately naturally show up. Like that's my mm-hmm. personality by nature and it can go to people pleasing like quite easy. But what's so interesting, even just about this little conversation that we're talking about, which I have like had happen in my life before, <laughs> I can tell you that. What's interesting is that as I have become more actually calm about the situation and not mm-hmm. coming from that people pleasing and it's still met with resistance from time to time like sure. it's still not seen it doesn't bug me right it's like it's so much easier to like detach and walk away right like it doesn't get to me whereas it used to like get so under my skin that like somebody would think i wasn't nice yes so that's where people pleasing really we want to get out of trying to be the peacekeeper because that's that role of trying to like keep all the pieces in motion yeah. versus really creating your own peace. Yeah. Doing the work to be more aware, to be more grounded, to be more healed, to be more yeah. whole, right? And to do that work, then when other people have their shenanigans, right? It's like you're a little bit more tough on. It can yeah. just roll off you. Yeah. There's always the things that trigger us. And that's just because we're human, not because yeah. of any other reason. 
But what we really want to do is learn how to get to the point where we have more calmness and more groundedness so that we have more ability to see the bigger perspective so that we can yeah. choose how we want to respond. Absolutely. And that's being a beautiful example, I believe, you know, to your children and to everyone around you. Yeah. Exactly. And I just have to say this because it's like so dovetails perfectly, but that's like literally why we do what we do around here, which is yeah. around planning. Because right. what I have come to find is that but planning is only making decisions in advance. So you have more, a lot of us have more control is the wrong word. We have more agency around calming ourselves <laughs> down and thinking about next week you know, not on Tuesday, but on Friday so that we can, you know, we can come from that place of calm and we can make choices from that place of mm -hmm. calm and it makes such a difference. So I love all yeah. of it. So much of it. Awesome. So, okay. I feel like that was a lot. <laughs> I feel like it was a lot too. <laughs> I'm hoping everyone got a lot from that. That was really good. Thank you. Will you tell people how they can get your book? Yeah, for sure. So it's anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of those places. It's called The People Pleaser's Guide to Co-Parenting Well, mm. How to Stop Playing Peacekeeper and Start Parenting Peacefully. It's a lot of so, P's. I'm still like... Well, and it's funny, we talked out. about all those topics and I didn't even have the title like ringing in my head as I was asking all those questions. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. So good. So there's the book. I actually have a podcast myself called Co-Parenting with Confidence, where I really talk about different tools and strategies and just things that really common to the co-parenting experience to normalize that. And then my website, which is just my name, mickeygardner.com. And it's M-I-K-K-I-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. -E so awesome. that's where anyone can find me. I'm sort of always, and I'm on Instagram, same handle, Mickey Gardner. It's all pretty all simple. in the show notes. So I do have yeah. one question. One yeah. more question, which is, I know that there's people listening who are like, well, mm -hmm. how do I know? How do I know if I've gotten to the point where like we've had this argument too many times? Like, how do I know that like whether I'm supposed to stay and do all these things and make it work out or I'm supposed to go? So what do you have yeah. to say to that person? Okay, so that's a whole different podcast. However, what I say to that person is, you know, you already know. If you're asking the question, you've known. And I'm not saying that you know that it's time to end it you know, deep down. And so really getting the help to clear that out. I was just on with a client before this. And, you know, I was saying, you know, you know this, you've got this. And she's like, well, I know it when you're saying it to me. Right. But then I'm in, when I'm in my own life, I don't remember any of it. Right. And I get that feeling. And I think that's where, again, even from my own experience, get into community, either with other people, a therapist, a coach, somebody, because we literally cannot see the forest for the trees. Yeah. And as women, we have been conditioned to not listen to ourselves and trust our intuition. We don't trust our bodies. We don't trust our intuition. We've been told the opposite. You know, I won't get into any of that, but it's like energetically, we haven't really been told and taught how to trust ourselves. So when we have these big decisions to make like that, or these big questions, they're terrifying. And so the more that we can learn to sit and quiet ourselves so that we can hear the answers that are within and be guided from that place, you know, your intuition will never lie to you. Your body yeah. will never lie to you, but it is a process of learning how to listen. And yeah. I think because we live in a society that has told us not to, right? Yeah. It's like, we all think that we live from like our chin up, yes. <laughs> but all of our answers are actually on the other side. And yeah. so it's learning how to quiet, learning how to ground, learning how to calm yourself so that you can really start to hear the answers that are within and start to be guided. 
And, you know, again, that's where the three steps are awareness, agency, and aligned action. And it really comes from learning how to trust your intuition. So I would say you already know more than you think you do. And you have everything you already need inside of you for whatever your decision is. But get help. Yeah. I love that. Get support. And then I think if you're in that situation, is your book a good tool? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I define co-parenting. We talked about this before we started, but co-parenting to me is when you share parenting with someone else that you don't agree with 100% of the time. So that's married, divorced, separated, you know, grandparents, (laughs) nannies, whatever. We're always in relationship co-parenting and there is no more important relationship and job title that we will ever have than being the mom and the parent. And so really diving in and figuring out as much as you can about how can you show up in the cleanest, most grounded way for your children. That's how we're going to change the world is when we really learn how to keep our kids, I believe in a centered approach when it comes to co-parenting. I don't believe that kids should be in the middle. I think they should be in the center. They are the sun that we revolve around. And so when we can learn how to center our lives and build relationships that support them and us in that ecosystem, that's the best solution. Yeah. And for anyone who's like, I'm through that, it's okay. Just to tell everyone, these kids need us until they're 30, probably beyond, but like their brains like really aren't fully developed. Like we think, like we think that all of a sudden we're free, but this is not true. So we need to keep them in that center for much longer than I think we think. So thank you, you know, so much. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Sorry. I was just going to say, it's interesting. The last, I have a sort of a new batch of clients that have come in recently and they're so young. One's 21, one's 23. I give them a lot of credit for like being able to reach out for coaching and get support. But when they talk about the other co-parent, you know, these guys are like 24, 23. Yeah. They and, still need their parents. <laughs> well, I said their brains aren't even fully developed yeah, at this no. point. Like, what can we expect here, people? Like, we got to yes. be present to what's true. But it really is true that, you know, opening up the space and the compassion and the knowledge and awareness that, you know, our kids really, this isn't, you know, they don't, it's not 18 and we're done. Like, yeah. this is a relationship we want to nurture and have for the rest, you know, for the rest of both of our lives. And so yeah. it shifts and it morphs, but you know, we really want to be there for them. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's really important. And we'll end on this because I think so many like in that, like, I'll deal with it tomorrow mentality that we, mm-hmm. a lot of us get, even when we know the answer to a question, it's like, we think like, okay, when they go to high school, like, we'll just leave, yeah. you know, we'll leave later, but it's not like per this conversation, like that's not necessarily true. So why not mm-hmm. put them at the center now and, you yeah. know, and really take care of ourselves in the way that our intuition is telling us. So thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you. It was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for all you do. I really admire your work and everything you're doing and the support you're giving women. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm just as much about community. Everybody, every woman needs a community or two. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you. At the end of every episode, we share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put it into action because change comes from action. And doable changes are the things that you can add into your life one at a time to make micro shifts and really create the ripple effect that will create big change over time. So we're not overwhelming ourselves with big changes because 
That usually is not very sustainable for those of us balancing all the things. So I always invite you to choose one thing. I'm going to share a list of three that really piques your interest from my conversation today with Mickey and just roll with that. And then if there's two that really pique your interest, once you've integrated the first one, then move on to the second one. All right, and stack them over time so that they really happen. All right, here are three from my conversation today. Number one, notice what being triggered feels like. Really get back in touch with your body. We all experience being triggered or activated in different ways. And so when you know what it feels like in your body, you can use that sign or feeling or whatever, however it comes through to you to help you learn to respond instead of reacting. So the first step to this is really this doable change is only about noticing, noticing what it feels like when you're triggered, where you notice it in your body, trying to recognize it. Is it in your heart area? Is it in your throat? Is it in your gut? Do you get a certain kind of like, do you get all scrunched up? Like, how does it show up for you? All right, that is doable change number one. Number two is pause and breathe. Reaction may not take you where you want to go. So instead, consider pausing and breathing, or I should probably say, remember to pause and breathe, right? Because usually it's just that we go right into reaction mode. So pause and breathe, practice that. This would be a doable change. And when you're in that pause, take time to assess what's really happening. It's often not the first thing that we jump to. And from that place, then choose how you want to respond. So the focus is on the pausing and the breathing and allowing the rest to unfold. All right, doable change number three, accept, change, or leave. I love this strategy. Next time you feel like you have no choice in a situation, use these options instead. Can you accept the situation? Can you change it? Can you leave it? right? So you got to keep your power. I love all three of these. I hope you choose the one that resonates most with you to start with. And then if they're all really resonating, weave them in over the next couple of weeks. All right. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day. 